You're listening to the Corbeline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me, as always, is the Director of Technical Service, Mr. Paula Jamison. Paul, here we are, back again. I did something I've never done before, two-week vacation. You know, I've seen some of the pictures. I, I am a little jealous. Did you miss me? Do I still have a job well, in tech know, service? That's a different topic. Yeah, so we've been hinting at this for a little bit, and... Um, why don't we, before we make the full announcement, let's announce our guest this week because I feel like he can shed some insight here. So who we have joining us is Steve Leapart, and he is the manager of our testing applications and analytical group. So Steve, hi, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Jack. One thing that you two both have in common now is that you are both my former boss. It's getting to be a bigger and bigger club here at Carboline. Is it a support group? Do you have like Tuesday meetings with coffee? Well, we may have meetings, but it's not coffee. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to have meetings with your new boss now as a support group. So since yeah. we've all been, uh, you know, part of that team, I guess. Some of you may know if you're internal at Carboline, I am uh, moving over to the marketing group. Hopefully, bringing you more content like this podcast. It doesn't mean that just because that, you know, my title in my signature line is changing, it doesn't mean that I've forgotten everything that I know. Will you be able to retain this information going forward, Jack? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe? And they talk about a glass ceiling or a glass wall. Is this is that gonna play into this at all? Well, I think that's different. That's a different oh, thing altogether. I thought it was just something you couldn't get through. I mean, it does give me the built-in excuse of going, well, I'm in marketing. I don't <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that. I've, I've heard you pass that along a few times already as you're going through this transition. So. <laughs> so anyway, do either one of you have words of wisdom for my new boss, Miss Trisha Carter? Yeah, I do have words of wisdom, but... This is I, a public it's, forum. It's a Yeah, this is a public place, and, and you're sitting right here. So... It, these are the kinds of things that managers need to have a discussion behind a closed door to be able to say, hey, here's what you just got yourself into. Well, you're going to pretend like you're not just going to tell me anyway? <laughs> yeah, now for, for me, I don't have any words of wisdom necessarily. Patricia, it's been a while since uh, since you reported to me here at Carveline. But, you know, my I guess my best advice would be just, uh, you know, let you do the good things that you do and uh, try to stay out of your way and not, not get knocked over maybe. There, we're going to clip that off, and I'm just going to put that on my phone. And anytime anybody gets in my way, I'm just going to play that, you should, including that be, my wife. That needs to be yeah. your hold music now. Yeah, yeah. This is Jack. Get out of my way. <laughs> anyway, before I get myself in any more trouble, because I still have some reporting responsibilities to the editor of this uh, podcast here. That's right. Let's let's move on to what we wanted to talk about. And actually, it's uh, Soapbox Day for me. This is the reason we brought Steve in today. And then the reason why we started with the introduction to marketing, because one of my responsibilities for content is to generate content for social media. And we have great case histories and stuff of the past. And I used an image that's very familiar to Carboline people through the years. It comes from a very famous white paper. And I put up an image that showed uh, an epoxy coating galvanizing and inorganic zinc and what they look like after certain hours under B117 salt spray testing. So for anybody who's not familiar, ASTM B117 is the standard practice for operating salt fog or salt spray apparatus. So why we wanted to bring Steve in is he 
runs our testing department. And he, any of these tests that we do at Carboline are done by him and his team. So what I want to say though here is, I, it's, to me, it's not about the specific test. What happened is we had several commenters come in and mention that B117 salt fog isn't realistic to real life. I was going to let somebody else chime in. Yeah, right, yeah. Let me, yeah, let me chime in for a second, Jack. First of all, I mean, so I'm, I'm not going to bore you with all the specific details of the B117 testing. That's okay, good because you don't want a car wreck on your conscience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that is true. But, you know, uh, the, the comment that was made uh, for the most part is true. I mean, it doesn't exactly correlate to, to the real world, okay? But it's basically, you know, the ASTM B117 test is, is you know, one of the oldest, most widely recognized and standardized accelerated corrosion tests out there, okay? So this thing has been around for, well, what? It's been a long time. I believe the, the B117 was published back in like 1939. So... A lot of historical data out there, okay, for, for B117 testing. And it basically provides, you know, a highly corrosive environment that, that allows for you to, uh, you know, evaluate the corrosion resistance of materials, you know, which include metals with surface treatments and, and coatings on the top of them, or which would also include galvanizing. So basically the key is to do this corrosion type of test in a standardized environment that would evaluate the corrosion resistance of these materials or provide a corrosion rate of these materials. And while it may not correlate directly to the real world, it's very standardized, it's repeatable, it's reproducible, and the highly corrosive environment is essentially allows you to, to rank materials, okay? So, so its correlation to the real world is probably best understood that whatever performs best in the salt fog cabinet would likely perform best in the real world. Now, the time correlation and duration that it's in the salt fog and what that means in terms of the real world corrosion resistance, you know, this is, this is not understood at all. That's really exactly what the point of this test is, is it allows us to take a coating, if this was done back in the 30s, we can take a coating system that was used in the 30s and compare it to a coating system that was used Almost a hundred years later, a coding system, and we can say, here's how these two compare to each other. It has nothing to do with the world. Well, yeah, it's, it's a benchmark. If we go back to the first laboratory class any of us ever took in, in science, and, and, you know, probably it might have been high school biology, most likely, even if it was high school chemistry, you learn about the need for a control. That's right. That's exactly what and, this and allows it, you to have. It's a very controlled environment. And so now you have that constant. Yep. And, and, the, and so when you think about setting up your initial lab test, you have that constant, that control, and that's the environment in this case. And then your variables are the different coatings and surface sealers and things like that that you would put into that testing. And yes, it doesn't correlate real world because... How many places on the planet really have that kind of environment? There might be a, <laughs> there might be a few places on the planet that actually mimic that environment, but you know, uh, again, it's it's not very realistic. There's a lot of differences in weather's and everything else around the globe, of course. So just to bore you for one moment on the standardized control portion of that, you know, that B one one seven standard, I believe, is like you know seventeen pages long yeah. or something like this. So there's a lot of detail in there to provide that standardization and that consistency of that all things from like measuring the ph of the collection solutions measuring the collection rates themselves so your fogging rates correct you're mm -hmm. actually supposed to do corrosion rate studies 
of known materials in the cabinet to, mm-hmm. to make sure that it's all consistent within. So to Paul's point, you know, 100 years ago, you have a coating that you've got, you know, thousands of hours of B117 test data on, you know, you can test a product that was developed, uh, you know, a few weeks back mm-hmm. and, and get some similar type of data, you know. I mean, because the real thing, we don't want to wait decades. No, and that's the thing. Like, if we develop a new product, the only way to mimic the real world is to put it out in the real world. And we do that. Yeah. But you can't but collect we, that data. We make products that are lasting 20, 30 years yeah. out there in the real world. So you can't wait 20 or 30 years to develop new products and see how well they're going to last and find out, well, one lasted 17 years, the other lasted 22 years. We're going to start selling this one because we can see the, the benefit <laughs> that it provides the customer. <laughs> right. You can't yeah. do that. I mean, could you imagine the reaction of our parent company, RPM, if we said, you know that coating we developed back in the 80s? I think we're finally ready to release it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's that time again. It's everybody's favorite part of the Carbolane Tech Service podcast, or I will say of life. It's bill paying time. Every Everybody likes paying bills, right? Well, you know, something like that. Yeah. They like having them paid. Lots of money, no money. Anyway, so every month we bring you a commercial where we talk about one of the Carbolane products. And this month is a brand new product from Carbolane that we're both very excited about. It's the Plasite 4550 HT. The 4550 HT is a 98% solids Novolac epoxy. One of the great things that we have done with this product, we left the blush out. This is a plurally applied Novolac that truly, like, the application properties are amazing and it cures down to 20F. Another great feature of this product is it has extremely high temperature resistance. Now that's dry temperature resistance. It's resistant up to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. And just in our application work as we were doing it, this product sprays like a dream. It really does. If you have been having challenges with the High Solids Novolac, we highly encourage you to check out the brand new Plasite 4550HT. So, I mean, yes, there are other standards that get a little bit closer. You know, there's weatherometer and and some cyclic testing where you try to mimic. But, like, ultimately... Well, what what, what, what really plays a significant role here, though, is the acceleration factor. You're trying to accelerate these tests so you don't have to wait that long. So, the holy grail, if you will, is to provide the accelerated test result that most closely correlates to the real world. And, and again, the, the way you do that best is to have some exceptional case histories of products that you happen to have all of this accelerated test data mm-hmm. on as well to try to provide some of that direct correlation and then compare that to all things that are similar and, and theorize that they're going to behave the same, which in a lot of cases they do. And you should almost look at the individual tests as like their own kind of ruler. We're just taking a measurement. So you shouldn't be comparing B117 directly to any of the other accelerated tests. They're all pieces of the puzzle, but if you're talking strictly about comparing two products, you should be looking at the same standardized test. Because like we've said on this podcast a million times before, every little thing matters. I didn't even get into the fact of most test samples, no matter what test you put into them, aren't real world either. Because they're done in a lab environment (laughs) to perfectly prepared panels with not an ounce of dust. I mean, you want to talk about pain in the butt 
and not real world. Steve, what level do you guys have to go to to make sure there isn't dust on your testing panels prior to coding application? Well, we, we do struggle with that sometimes, <laughs> you know, getting all the dust off the panels. I mean, you know, the point of that from a laboratory standpoint is obviously to minimize and eliminate as many variables as possible. So even that statement alone, okay, how, how well do our test panels correlate to the real world? Well, uh, there's a lot of variability out there in the real world, and I assume that people are actually getting their substrate as clean as we do in, in most cases, but, but there's a lot of cases where they don't. Yeah, but that's because Steve works in the lab. Uh, Steve and does <laughs> work in the lab, that's right. So. I mean, and, and that's the thing, like, we're always going to put our best foot forward when we do these tests, just like most contractors should do. However, when you remove yourself from a situation where you're – applying panels, you know, these testing coupons, a lot of times, especially for immersion are are two inches by five inches. It's really significantly easier for an applicator to make two inches by five (laughs) inches. Perfect. As comparison to a whole entire tank. And so you're getting the best case scenario when you get these performance standards. And that's not just Carboline. That is every manufacturer that tests coatings and if they tell you otherwise they're not being truthful right because b117 tells you what you need to do yeah and if you are going to actually prepare a sample and put it into this test everybody should have done the same thing and that would that really allows you to compare products to each other everybody should be going through the same painstaking task to make sure their profile is right, their cleanliness is right, their cabinet is set up properly, and fogging at the right resistance with the right chemicals mixture at the right rate. So that really is what allows us to do it. That's why it's a benchmark. That's why it's a standard. Yeah. It's not a world. It's a standard. Well, and that, and that, is, that is important to, to try to, again, eliminate as much variability as possible. I've seen a lot of comparative studies over the years in, in just B117 uh, testing. And if you're testing multiple different, you know, products and, and multiple different suppliers, materials and everything else, it's always agreed that the best case scenario is to have all of the application work done, you know, at the same time, at the same place to eliminate uh, any of those variables, cleanliness, surface profile, thicknesses, you know, all, all of that stuff. So that is important. And that's why we preach on this thing regularly that every little thing matters. With or without pulsing in the police. <laughs> See, and I didn't even get the the, the little remix help. Oh, uh, we, we can work on that. <laughs> but, you know, you can also, I mean, you, you, you can put standardized test panels in, in the salt fog cabinet. You can, you know, we've had plenty of customers send us in samples of, of their materials, you know, prepared at their shops with, with different products, you know, whether it's different products of our own or, or other materials. They want to understand the value in the product that they're buying. And, and one quick way to do that is to spray up, you know, numerous different samples, throw them in the salt fog cabinet, see which one of them comes out looking the best, and then theorize that that one's going to perform the best in the real world. And that's generally what, what winds up happening. So all of these things should be always considered as a measurement, as a goal. You know, one of the things that we talk about, and we, we're going to wrap it up here, but when people call in you know we see it more frequently with adhesion somebody will be doing an adhesion pool in the field and they'll get a different result than what is published and we always have to remember that all of those variables that steve talked about 
will have an effect on your final result from your testing. So yes, we would expect you to get a different number as far as adhesion goes if you're doing field applied work with a different apparatus than we used because there's multiple apparatuses. So it's kind of the same thing with salt fog in a lot of these tests. You're going to test to a certain point. You're going to have numbers that are representative, but those numbers aren't the end-all be-all as far as corrosion resistance. It's here's a measurement that we took in the lab, and this is what we got for everybody, yeah. no matter and, and, who and that e- is. Even within those lab tests too, Jack, especially with uh, ASTM standards, for example, most people may be aware, but I don't know how often they look at this when they're comparing results. There's a R&R section in there for, you know, repeatability, reproducibility, okay? You can see within the standard itself, the the reproducibility might be 25%, meaning that if you're looking at four pieces of data and, and none of them differ by 25%, you know, that could all be well within the accuracy of the standard itself, so. Yeah. Outside of the standard, that means that those numbers don't really mean anything. It is literally within the world of that standard. Yeah, on a comparative basis. Yeah. So with that, I think I'm going to pull the soapbox out from under Jack, make him come back down. Okay. <laughs> As we wrap up today's podcast. <laughs> well then, uh, so you want me to calm down and wrap up the show. Oh, that's where I was headed. <laughs> oh, okay. So I feel like you, you have another couple weeks of telling me what to do. And then we'll see how the dynamic changes. I mean, think about this, guys. If you've listened to this show for the last 100 episodes or so, this is episode 99. We're getting really close. I've had to, like, toe the line a little bit because he's still my boss, and yet I still make fun of him and do all kininds of things. I'm good-spirited. I can can take it. So anyway, to wrap up, every science experiment, you have to have a control. And you have to have variables. In the case of B117, The control is the environmental exposure. The variables are the different coatings and panels that you would expose to that. It is a measurement. So you're going to use that in comparison to other things that have gone through this same testing. You can use it historically because it's been around for a long time. It is generally accepted by every coating manufacturer. If it is a product that you're going to put out into the world... It has been tested to be 117 because that is the longest running universally accepted accelerated test. And we have to accelerate the tests. Otherwise, we would just now be introducing coatings from the 1980s. Right. We'd just now be bringing Carbazinc 11 and, to and the no market. No matter how much our IT department wants to live in that era, it is 2019. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> I leave you. Shot. That is that is a shot straight across the brow, and I I stand by it. So anyway, they're not going to listen, so they're not going to yeah. hear it. So are you the, bringing this attitude with you to your new uh, new position as well, or what? When, I when have you an excellent it? attitude. I just I mean I am truthful and transparent, and that is something that we value here at Carbline is transparency. Well, that is so. a good point. Let me ask you: When you move over to marketing, are you still going to be able to do these podcasts and speak with the same candor that you do now? I would or is hope that going so. To change I mean, at all for you we'll have to see how thick-skinned my new boss is but anyway with that that about does it for us i have two jobs currently maybe by the time this one airs i'll have zero (laughs) sorry honey we'll see you next week and so 
for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd we'd like like to to thank thank you for your support. support.